I like to think of myself as someone who is in a serious relationship with creativity. These days, it's such a huge part of my life. I'm constantly producing content, developing new ideas, playing with my children. But in doing this all day, every day, I realize I sometimes go into this autopilot and find myself in a creative rut. After a few weeks of this, I have this alarm clock moment where I wake up from that autopilot and start encouraging myself to stop being frustrated with being uninspired. I start shifting my focus on things that bring me joy and the things that scare me, which brought me to starting this podcast. I'm Valeria, and if you struggle with inspiration, then you are not alone. I wanted to find out how other people I admire work through their creative blocks. So many of us struggle on this long and winding road of the creative journey, even industry superstars like the incomparable Jenna Lyons, who I had the chance to interview for this episode. But if all of us, you, me, Jenna, keep finding ourselves up against this wall, how can we cultivate inspiration? In order to find out more, I sought out an expert the amazing Dr. Rusia Connor. Dr. Rusia is a drama therapist and a creative consultant who I first discovered via her inspirational TED Talk, Living a Creative Life Every Day. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. When I landed on your TED Talk, it was like the universe sent it to me. <laughs> Because I've been trying to maneuver, you know, my life and work and creativity for a while now. I feel like I was kind of in a funk for so long and I couldn't figure out, like I was waiting for a formula to solve it. And every time I thought I had it figured out, I didn't. So when I saw your TED Talk, it's just, that's when it became simple to me. I was like, oh, it's not that complex. So I really wanted to have you here with me to chat a little bit about creativity and life because I feel like such a big portion of my community reaches out to me on a daily basis, talking about slumps, about blocks, about the inability to really bring forward like an authentic creativity into their lives. I guess for me, I am a very playful person and I, I think I didn't realize how much it actually influenced my life for a long time because it was just the way I did things or how I lived. And um, I worked as an actress for a long time where you're playing, you take on other roles, you try new things, you know, you have that. And then I stopped and became a psychotherapist. And there was a bit of that really heaviness in that. And because I, I'm trained in drama therapy, I realized, oh, with play, in play, we learn so much. And that kind of sparked my research interest. And then I dove deeper and and researched and practiced and worked. And having worked in the prison system for about five years, I can honestly say that people who lack play are usually the people who struggle the most. But it's not only people who really struggle. I think it's everyone, in a way, we sometimes forget how important it is. What inspired you to become a drama therapist and a creative consultant? Creative discontent, I have to bluntly, honestly say. Being in a slump, like being, what was I at that age, 34, 35, and not being able to sustain a living with, you know, my previous training, like having hit that age barrier as a woman, 
what is this life? I'm not moving. I can't find anything that really unites my passion. So I narrowed down. I thought I'm good with people. I like to move. I like to create something. I'm interested in human beings. Um, and then, yeah, I saw that course and I thought, oh, well, drama therapy, that ticks a couple of boxes. You know, it is creative. It has to do with people. Hopefully I can do something good in the world. And yeah, here I am 15 years a while later. <laughs> Even when we are certain that life is following the correct path, that path can rupture. And we might realize that what we're doing no longer feels fulfilling. But in that detour from the typical patterns of our lives, we might discover the opportunity to play. For most adults, the power of play is too easily forgotten. But not for Dr. Rusia. Did you feel personally that it became more difficult for you to stay creative and playful when you reach a certain age or stage in your life? Well, I, I think, yes, there is definitely society who tells us, oh, stop laying around or stop daydreaming or you're wasting your time with things or we're living in a very goal-orientated society, you know, where you have to have that education you need to get or the college degree or, or the $100,000 in the bank. And, and it's always like having to be somewhere else. So I guess maybe there was a time where I felt flat and a little bit, ugh, you know, what's it for? And then you kind of go back to what did bring me joy? Or, or that was my question. What, how can I generate joy or, or pleasure in my own life or find that when I'm not want to run behind the carrot and dangling. I don't want to play that game. I I actually can sit on a rock and look at the sky and be quite happy. And sometimes my friend jokes and said, what have you been doing? I said, I've been sitting on a rock the whole day. I mean, you did mention the, you know, a lot of the society's messaging as we get older, but is there anything else you kind of see around you? It's two things. It's, it's partly education. So it, it really gets stripped out of education, even if we look at school curriculums, how little time there is for free play, how little value is being put on arts, music and those things so that they get stepped out. It requires a little bit of the trust in yourself to allow yourself to be foolish or to make a mistake or to not have the right answer or to not knowing. And that, I think, is becoming more difficult for people to allow that silliness, that spontaneity. There's more fear. Without mistakes, there is no growth. Perfectionism instills in us a fear of making mistakes and blocks inspiration. Even the most successful people, the kind of people who seem incapable of failure, struggle with inspiration too. I spoke with fashion icon Jenna Lyons, who's been on her own creative roller coaster. When she was only 21 years old, Jenna got a job at J. Crew designing men's rugby shirts and worked her way up through the company. By the time she turned 35, Jenna was the VP of women's design. Five years later, she became the executive creative director of the entire company. And wait, we're not done yet. Then she became president of J. Crew in 2010. You know, in the beginning, when I was at J. Crew, it was it was groundbreaking. No one was making a catalog and taking normal clothes and shooting them on. We shot on Linda Evangelista and Christy Turlington and, you know, Amber Valletta. It was like we were shooting cotton roll neck sweaters on models that were really setting the tone at the time. And so we were really pushing the boundaries of what 
everyday clothes were and how you could show them. And that was so exciting. And then the business turned and it got not so great. We were not doing well. We got a little lost. And and I always said to myself, like, the day I stop learning and the day I stop feeling like I'm able to have an impact, I'll leave. And and that day came. And uh, the challenging thing was, you know, I had really connected my self-worth and my self-esteem and my ego was wrapped up in my job. I didn't realize how much until I left. I struggled a lot. You know, I felt all of a sudden, you know, alone. Everything went away. I had two assistants, a full-time nanny and someone cooking for me. And I had all these people around to help maintain my life. And all of a sudden, everyone was gone. And I'm sitting on the couch by myself. My relationship also, you know, stopped and fell apart. And so I was truly like by myself on the couch. And I, you know, everyone's like, are you taking pottery classes? Are you learning how to dance? I'm like, hell no. (laughs) I'm really like getting acquainted with my couch. (laughs) I was really struggling. And I also like didn't have anyone really to talk to in that regard because I was I couldn't even explain what was happening for me. I didn't know until I was sort of ready to come out of it. What happened in that year? At what point did you kind of get up and you're just like, okay, I'm ready? Well, I think what happened was this opportunity to be bored and this realization that I I wasn't getting any phone calls to do the thing I had been doing before allowed me the opportunity. And I was getting calls to do things and I wasn't listening. So I just started meeting with people. I was like, I'm going to take every lunch, every meeting with no agenda, and I'm just going to listen and see what happens. And from many of the lunches and meetings that I went to completely blind, some pretty incredible things have come out of them. And I would never have taken the time to do that before. I would have been like, it's not worth my time. What do they want? I would. I want to know all the details before the, the meeting. Now I, I was walking in blind with a complete open mind and it was a totally different experience. I, I mean, I ended up doing a television show because I had brunch with somebody just for fun and that led into something else and something else and something else. And then that led into me meeting the people who introduced me to my partners in love scene. Like it has just been this sort of domino effect of openness to conversations. And I was not in that place before. So I think being open and taking conversations that have no agenda is really fun. And it may not come of anything later, but it might come of something. You never know. we can never know what lies ahead on our creative journey, how do we even stay open to possibility? When, like Jenna, we begin to feel removed from our own creative processes, how can we block the outside noise and connect back to our imagination? I asked Dr. Rusia what she recommends. We can use certain tricks because, as you said, when we are around children and you step into their world, they mirror that back. So that's one way. If you have kids or, or be surrounded by kids, just going down on their level, going in the sandpit with them, that's something where you can reawaken or reignite that part of yourself. The other aspect is some people struggle because it wasn't allowed in their childhood. And I think that's an important observation to just see, is there this voice in your head which tells you, no, you shouldn't be doing this or don't daydream, you know, and really acknowledge, oh, you're talking to me. And then 
really tell their voice to shut off um, because it's not necessary right now. So that's one thing to become really conscious. Do I have that little parrot that puts me down and doesn't want me to just have fun? I think that a lot that was happening for me personally on the intellectual level, whenever I kind of get stuck, I'm starting all these like self-doubts are arising and then you start creating all these scenarios in your head and then you're actually creating a whole other movie of like why you're stuck and why you're blocked and it just takes you to a different, you know, scenario and you just get deeper and deeper and I think so many times we just, we put too much significance on these like I'm stuck moments we don't actually allow ourselves to go through them and be exposed to a different kind of way. Just taking yourself out of your head for a second and just moving, for me, has been, without me knowing something that shifts my brain, my body was just yearning it. So I know that, you know, sometimes I need to step out and just run after my kids because it actually benefits me so much more than sitting and continuing to uh, validate why something is now working out. They did actually, I have to mention that, they did actually quite a, a bit of interesting research around that even, you know, when you get stuck in a problem and you just get up and you go for a walk just for about 10 to 15 minutes, it increases your chance of, of new ideas by about 60 to 70%. What more do we need, you know, to allow ourselves to go like, Yes, it might seem a bit counterintuitive, but if I'm really stuck, the best thing is to just drop it, let it sit there. Don't think about it. As, you know, my grandmother always said, just sleep over it. Our brain is amazing. It just does its own thing. And very often it solves things. And then the morning we go, oh, oh, that's a good idea. I can do this, you know. But if we keep pushing, we're always, in a way, telling ourselves we're not enough. I know I felt that pressure for myself to be more, to strive for perfection. I wanted to know if Jenna felt it too. Well, I guess speaking of that core driving force, I mean, that is the creativity, the feeling inspired. Um, I'm sure when you left and that year that followed it, was there a lot of inspiration, creativity, or were you just kind of numb? I was so numb. I mean, I wasn't really inspired. I, I remember I listened to a podcast and I, I've tried to find this podcast and I haven't been able to find it, but it talked about this experiment where they took two groups of people, they put one group in a room with the internet, tons of books, art supplies, everything you could possibly imagine, and a pile of bricks. And they said, make whatever you want. We'll come back in two weeks. And they put another group of people in a room with the same bricks and art supplies, but no inspiration, no Instagram, no photographs, no libraries, no access to internet, nothing. They gave them a telephone book. And the people who were in the room with all the inspiration created beautiful things, but they were things that already existed in the world. They were getting inspiration from things that they had seen and maybe changing them a little bit. The team that had no access to anything had literally let their imaginations run wild. They had taken the bricks and ground them down and made putty and made new forms of things. They had made little worlds that just didn't exist because they had nothing to look at. And I think boredom is the spark that really lets your mind move. I think it's why meditation, people like swear by it because it actually lets your brain go someplace. And I think when you're constantly looking, constantly being bombarded with other images or things that you're, are coming into your head, it's hard to create your own. And I think that that boredom was what triggered and allowed me to kind of pass through that phase and come out the other side feeling inspired and excited. Jenna is honest about the radical uncertainty of the creative journey. 
We can never know what lies ahead, what meeting will lead to what conversation, will lead to what idea, will lead to what brand new business. But if we stay at home on our couch and refuse to show up for ourselves, those possibilities will never have the chance to emerge. Can you fake it till you make it with creativity? Absolutely. <laughs> really? Yes, if we try something. You know, in the beginning, no one, if you start riding a bike, you're not getting on the bike and immediately, I'm sure your kids, you know, they need the little training wheels or mom holding and pushing them down the road and then eventually, ooh, it gets better. And then, you know, after two or three weeks, it's easy. And it's the same. If you haven't done it for a while, if you haven't practiced it, it is a little bit. You just fake it for the first couple of times, but you're still doing it. And then you go like, oh, oh, that feels a little bit easier. And now it feels natural. Right. You mentioned that when you were an actress, you were doing performing arts, you kind of felt depleted of creativity in a way. And I find that for me, because I am in a creative space, uh, sometimes creativity feels like, a lot of work and I kind of expect it to just flow and when it doesn't flow I get really frustrated and then I start manufacturing it and something that happened to me for a little bit is that I kind of worked on like faked it till I make it a little bit and it became this like manufactured creativity and it actually created more distance for me you know I felt like more disconnected because it didn't feel authentic if we take something which is by its nature unstructured and, you know, free-flowing, then we have to put it in a, in a certain pattern or in a product. There is definitely this period where it gets a bit denser or no, the fine-tuning, you know, or the chiseling away. That often can be a bit frustrating. When artificial pressure replaces genuine motivation, our inspiration suffers. And when you work in a creative field, that pressure to be inspired is constant. You've spent your whole life working in fields where creativity and inspiration is part of your job. How do you handle the pressure of that when you have to be creative? I mean, I think there's two things that I think have, are really challenging that I am in constant battle with and are constantly working on. The first one is if you are creating something, that means it came from you. And so that means that any feedback can feel really personal. That's a really hard thing to get over. I think going to art school and having your work critiqued, you know, critiqued doesn't mean a negative. It means let's talk about it. But I think a lot of people feel like critique or a conversation about their work or what they've done can actually take a different form. So I think having that experience has helped, but it's, I still take things personally. It's really hard not to. But I cannot stress enough is team. I mean, I know when I have people on my team that get me excited, I get excited. It is a full contact sport. Like I need people and things to look at and experiences to have in order to feel that. And when that goes away, I struggle. And you know who those people are. There are people when you sit down and like you riff on things and all of a sudden you're referencing things and the same things make you laugh and you love the same things and you, that is fun. It makes a difference. And Finding those people in your life who, like, turn you on is, is critical. Fully embracing our playfulness can feel vulnerable, especially when we are working with others. But it is precisely this formula of play within community that can reorient us. So would you say that that was kind of like your formula to reignite, like, creativity at times when there's none? Oh, yeah. You know, it could be anything from seeing an old movie, hanging out with someone who inspires you, 
going for a walk and like actually letting air into your body and air into your lungs and just being quiet and listening to music. Like those are the things that I never spent enough time doing that I do far more now. And I, I didn't get it, honestly. Like I just, I really thought that work needed to be work all the time. It doesn't mean I don't work hard. I just work differently. Jenna underwent a shift in perspective, perhaps even of values. Instead of forcing herself into constant productivity, now she makes space for stillness. When we feel this impulse in our own lives, we might ignore it, mislabeling it as laziness. I asked Dr. Rusia what other fears or misconceptions people might hold about play. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> One is play is only for children. Play has no point here. We need to be serious. That's the biggest one. And I guess then also that if you're playing, you're wasting time and nothing good can come out of it. And that someone who's playful can't be intelligent or kind of focused, you know, that they're just a little bit out there, but they're not really productive. And then maybe also one where people, again, have the fear of um, being seen. You know, if I have a job I can hide behind, I don't have to present myself. But if we become playful, we connect with our authentic self. So, you know, we might have that really quirky side to us that comes out. And I mean, a lot of people are afraid of being seen for who they are, through their experiences they had at school or with other people or for society or for whatever reasons. So, yeah, I think that's a fear that comes up quite a lot. This really struck a chord with me. When I was younger, I always felt that if I wasn't perfect, then I shouldn't take up space. Looking back at my childhood, I would describe myself as a little gray mouse. Even in my early YouTube videos, I can totally see those same tendencies. My journey with perfection has been a process. A process of shedding my limiting beliefs and rebuilding myself. This journey has been a long road. One that Jenna knows very well. You feel so grounded to me. Do you feel grounded? I feel eight million times better. I also like have this deep inside understanding, like it has all gone away. I have lost everything. I have been at the bottom and I'm okay. And I realize like, no matter what happens, like I'm gonna be okay. Jenna went through a period of uncertainty suspended in mid-air between one step of her life and the next. Landing on her feet required a dedication to constant evolution. She understood when it was time to leave an old aspect of herself behind and seek a new one that could rejuvenate her. Our conversation really reminded me that we cannot command our creative spirits, no matter how much we want to believe we are in control. What we can control is whether or not we're making the space for whatever is out there that needs to find us. If we can shift our perspective on creativity from something we have to make ourselves do to something we can make space for, it might shake off those heavy burdens of perfectionism and become something joyful instead. Maybe that's what the show can be. A space in our day to pause, to breathe, and to invite in the inspiration. When I walked into these conversations, I was seeking solutions for what I felt was a lack of motivation. But what I've learned is that it's not about motivation at all. When we feel unmotivated, we shouldn't blame ourselves. In order to welcome creativity into our lives, we have to remind ourselves to be like kids again, to abandon all those self-imposed doubts, 
that's easier said than done. Believe me, I know from experience. So if you're ever feeling stuck in your rut, feeling uninspired, feeling like you're not creative, you are not alone. Not Alone is produced by Valeria Inc. and Frequency Media. Thank you to everyone involved and thank you for listening. I'm Valeria Lipovetsky and always remember, you are not alone.